Rob. How are you? I'm okay, man. How are you doing, Jeff? <laughs> Not bad. What uh, what did you do this weekend? Uh, this weekend, um, we drove out to Bishop and we climbed a mountain. Yeah. 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 I I I think for listeners, they uh, it was a 17 mile, 8,000 foot elevation gain uh, trek through alpine snow. So yeah, that's a that's the the world that Rob is living in. Whereas I. Um, you were supposed to go well, out to Death Valley. Yeah, we were supposed to go out to Death Valley and do a, a bike packing trip, but unfortunately, some family stuff came up. So yeah, here we are. Though honestly, sometimes it's it can be like at least a relief when life through it comes at you fast because we needed sure some days to to just chill. Sure. The world's been crazy. Um, we we use that weekend well <laughs> that's great yeah and and the yeah. world has been crazy um and it's been a very eventful um i don't know nine six months since we last recorded so yeah. Yeah. um it feels good though to get back on the project and i know i'm personally super stoked on getting this interview out with oba yeah, so our our friend Oba um, from Nigeria um, had agreed to an interview with us, and over the course of over two hours, just blew our minds. Uh, yeah. We knew he was a phenomenal guy um, from uh, when he was visiting in Long Beach a couple of years back, but when we actually sat down to talk with him about his, you know, his professional work and the the work he does um, in in Nigeria you know, especially during the, the coronavirus crisis, it's, it's Im- incredible what he is, he's managed to do with a very, um, uh, uh, well to put in his words, DIY aesthetic. That's right. That's yeah. right. So the, um, we, we, we were interested in talking to him because he's an amazing person. He's one of those people who are, um, actually changing the world. Mm-hmm. That's not, an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then the DIY approach, uh, values ethos, however you want to describe it. I know we were interested in, because I think there's just a lot of, uh, I think it captures a lot of leftist values and mm-hmm. philosophy. And so, um, in the first episode, we kind of get into the the backstory, the origin story of Oba. Yeah, we broke this up into two parts because as engaging as it was, it is a long conversation. So we were excited to, to pull it together in a way so we can really introduce him in the first half and and talk a lot about, uh, not to, to throw, uh, throw in a spoiler or anything, but uh, he and his team developed a very low-cost scientific microscope that's yeah. really groundbreaking in just how it, it benefits the communities in Nigeria and the rest of Africa. Yeah, and we you get to learn about uh, his family and influential figures and what he came from and how that shaped who he is today. Um, and then in the second episode, um, that's when we kind of dive into the overlap Mm-hmm. between um, the DIY community, open science community, and some you know leftist topics like colonialism and uh, collaboration versus profit, or rather 
more of a humanitarian mm-hmm. uh, approach over profit. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's really exciting about this is that it really is a unique perspective uh, to have someone who's who grew up in in extreme pro- poverty, you know, compared comparatively, but has has such pride in his work, such pride in um, uh, his his community, his country, and then the the broader world and just how well traveled he is. I mean, just um, a background from how we met him. He was actually one of my couch surfers. He stayed on a on my couch um, for a few nights in Long Beach when I was living down there, and I at at first I didn't really know his background, but it turned out he was a speaker at a tech conference <laughs> and already had a hotel room. But he just wanted to meet other people, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he jumped on the couch surfing app and we met. And I introduced him to Rob and a lot of our other friends, and everyone just loved him. So yeah, and I feel like that really captures like his essence yeah, and what he's yeah. about. So without further ado, Enjoy. Uh, Oba and our just fascinating interview with this yeah. man. I just want to say, like, thank you so much for taking the time out. I know you're busy with so many projects, and we're just some jabronis uh, with a podcast. But we've been—I've been really hoping to talk to you again about everything that you've been doing, and, and um, you know, just Nigeria and uh, you know, your experiences working with everyone around the world. Really, um, is there anything you're not comfortable talking about? Because like we we we're happy to go any direction and talk about anything, but I know that it can be really you know a lot of people that we've talked to so far you know are sometimes hesitant to to talk about certain subjects or you know um, be associated with with certain conversations depending on like which country they're coming from. So is there anything that you want us to just like? not jump in, not dive into or we can edit it out if we do talk about it so this is not live you know we have a lot of time to to uh work on this yes uh so uh um, thank you for having me on this uh, uh i'm great to see your face again uh, <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen you in a while um so I think when the questions are asked, uh, I can just say I can't comment on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and, uh, and, and yeah, um, I'm open to discuss uh, anything. Um, I'll just let you know if I can't comment on it. Uh, things like um, proprietary things, mm-hmm. um, may not be able to comment so much on them. Um, things which we're working on that is not yet out in the public domain, uh, I'm not be able to comment on that. Um, things on um, on uh, um, political opinions on um, uh, who should be the president of Nigeria or who should be, you know, the president <laughs> of some country. <laughs> yeah. I, I may not be able to comment on that. Um, political kind of um, questions, uh, to some extent, uh, I can give you some um, answers, but to some extent, I may be restrained um, because uh, I, I, I don't want our funders or, or board or, you know, our partners to 
think I um, have certain opinions about mm -hmm. certain things uh, which may not be in, um, in same alignment with what they want. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So in such a situation, I would tell you, but please be free. Ask me any questions. I'm open to ask, answer any questions. Please be very free. Yes. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So for, for our viewers, uh, Oba, mm -hmm. can you share with us just kind of like a brief history of like you and your professional life and uh, kind of uh, where you're at currently in life and what you're doing? Okay, um, so I'm Obashi Gwanyodili, uh, um, the co-founder uh, slash chief uh, technical officer for View Square. Um, uh, I have a background in um, electrical and electronics engineering, uh, and also uh, solid state engineering. Um, uh, I've uh, been a software developer all my life. And, uh, and now moving more towards uh, manufacturing and um, um, community development across Africa. Um, I'm, uh, I'm super interested in um, the growth of Africans, uh, growth of uh, African countries' um, um, policies um, that would improve um, livelihoods across communities in Africa. And um, also in, in interested in in um, um, the the in the plug of international communities with um, um, local uh, um, needs um, across the continent in Africa. So, yes, um, View Square is a research and development center. Um, we're focused on building um, innovation. Um, that would improve productivity across Africa. Um, we want to improve productivity of the next generation of Africans. Um, so we um, starting with um, innovation around education, healthcare, um, governance, uh, SMEs, uh, MSMEs, and um, and um, a lot of work around advocacy. Uh, for um, community development. So yes, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I yeah. also just wanna say like, Oba, like getting to meet you in uh, Long Beach uh, when you were mm -hmm. visiting and it mm -hmm. was such a, it was such a cool chance to, to meet someone who's just really um, doing work on so many different levels um, <laughs> uh, around the world. And then also for you to still be on couch surfing <laughs> you know like you didn't need to <laughs> but you you like reached out and you're like hey can i can i just stay at your place like and i was like oh wow this is so cool like the i i don't know anything about yeah. this guy and it turns out you're like the ceo of a company or you know you're a founder of a of a nonprofit, and you're sleeping on my couch and you didn't need to <laughs> and it was just like um you know i think it really made me realize that you're you know you're kind of coming from this from like a really interesting and, and and different perspective than i think a lot of people when they hear what you're doing and and where you're coming from kind mm -hmm. of the uh the ethos and the philosophy behind that i know with the like the diy um mm -hmm. work that you've done in in 
you know Nigeria and across the the country or the the continent as well how how um how different of a philosophy that is mm -hmm. Yes, uh, uh, the, 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 one of the key things that really drive um, most of the work I do um, is uh, I've come from very humble beginnings. Um, my, my life has been um, from a very small town of a uh, maximum of a thousand to two thousand people wow. in the town. Um, um, schooling, um, very um, um, low, I would say like um, growing rural community um, and I, I've basically um, crawled my way up from the grassroots from really understanding um, what it is to not have access to resources to to grow um, mm. I, I've, I've, I've schooled lived worked in communities that they um, the, the daily spending uh, spending um, capacity is less than a dollar. You know, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You know, all that fits into one dollar. You know, um, clothing, um, access to internet. You know, access to whatever entertainment and all that fits into one dollar. So you can imagine um, how optimized that is, right? Uh, if you put it in like uh, fair terms, um, so so coming from that really gives me a deep understanding of of what the problems are, and um, and now you know merging technology engineering, um, pioneering uh, pioneered um, 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 concepts you know like quantum physics you know things like that five G and all this interesting yeah AI. machine learning you're you're, machine you're learning, on the yes. cutting edge you're not wow. like you're right <laughs> <Yeah>. there <laughs> so like imagine all that now with my grassroots understanding it's just easier for you to apply um, mm -hmm. these things and really really you know um, build solutions that really solve the problem and not just um, sound interesting or fluffs you know around what the problem is that you're really offering you know value to people and people really mm -hmm. appreciate that um, so uh, just to give you some context uh, so I, I i respect the humble beginnings because um you, you never can tell what you would learn when you go very low down the food chain mm -hmm. and um also when you go high up the food chain you 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 can now um, interpolate, you know, extrapolate, whatever you need to do to get um, the real impact you're looking for in life. So, so yeah, that's just to give you some context uh, based on what you said. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, do you do you like what is the the source of your motivation and passion? Because um, you, you're saying that you came from very humble beginnings, and now you're making a kind of a soul, like a vocation of your life, your life's meaning is kind of, if I understand it correctly, using technology to improve the living mm -hmm. standards of people all over the continent. And I'm just wondering what, what is the source of that kind of motivation to, to give back like that and not for, not forget the people that maybe surrounded you, uh, from your humble beginnings. Mm. Um, so I think the call was, um, a gift that, that, um, I would say, um, life gift to me. Um, my mom is an artist. Uh, 
And so she, very, very young age, she would um, travel around Nigeria and, uh, uh, and, and to do different installations of art and would spend days in the studio, you know, um, creating this art. And then I was a very young kid. Um, I think I was three, four, and she would leave me around to run around, you know. So I would kind of interact with the communities, you know, really, really have an experience of how it is to live there. You know, I would eat the food they eat, you know. I would um, um, live under the same roof where they sleep. You know, some of these communities are not really developed communities, but the federal government probably wants um, to have a monument center, right? And so maybe she has to do a life installation of um, of some historic person, right? To give hope to the people. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So um, just imagine like you need to put a statue of Abraham Lincoln in a place, right? So, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, my mom is the kind of person who is commissioned to go do that, right? So um, come to a location, put somebody in there and all that. So I moved through all this and um, growing up with this kind of setting just give, give me the, um, the kind of uh, the, the zeal that oh, these people have gone through all these different um, situations and I can just pull from all those different things and connect it together and say, yes, um, we need to really, really connect with these people um, because I feel like I'm one of them and um, I'm able to draw all those experiences and just pull it and say, let's do this, let's, let's do this, this can work, this can work, you know. Um, so yeah, so that's one hand. Um, the second hand is um, I failed so many times, so many times <laughs> on so many things. Yes, uh, so many things. Academically, I wasn't the best. Uh, I was, I'm I was, surprised. I was, yeah, I, I wasn't <laughs> the best. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was, um, I was struggling. Um, at a very young age, I was diagnosed with um, petit mal. Uh, but it's mild. It's like a it's a it's a brain a brain defect. Um, a seizure disorder, right? Yes, it's a seizure disorder. Yeah, thank you. Yes, so I was diagnosed with that, and mm. and um, that kind of in a way um, affected my learning um, abilities, right? And um, I had to stay on drugs till I was 16 years old, right? Mm. So mm -hmm. I was diagnosed when I was six. I stayed on it till I was 16, 17 thereabouts. I had to stop it when I had, and when it affected my liver and I had jaundice and all sorts of things like that. Wow. But I, I have come through failing, fighting, you know, stay alive to, you know, to pass the exams, to, mm -hmm. you know, be useful to society and um mm -hmm. it gets me emotional sometimes but uh so failing a lot just gives me that zeal that i'm already i've already failed right so what mm -hmm. do i lose to try mm -hmm. this out like mm -hmm. um what will i lose to start a company what will i lose to actually build that product what will i lose to actually hire x number of people what will i lose if you know if i make x amount of money and i give it all away you know in building new innovation i make more money and give it all away you know i just keep turning it back in like what will i lose if i even become the governor of a, of a state <laughs> i become the president <laughs> of my country right like what will yeah. i lose right i've already filled it right so 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 that's what really inspires me because um, I've tasted, um, so I've tasted 
on the end in terms of when you think about debt um, uh, or when you think about incapacitation. And I believe that you, um, you start living in the face of debt because mm -hmm. it's really nothing to lose anymore. So that just inspires you to keep pushing. So yeah, yeah those two things. Yeah, that's a beautiful philosophy. Yeah, that's what, and and now you just lived through a pandemic too. Like, yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I think we're both yeah. just like, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look yeah. at us, a bunch of demons. Yeah. Um, that's, I I think that. Thank you for sharing all yeah, that. That's definitely. that's yeah. really inspiring. Like honestly, I, I think that just gave me like a like a like okay, yeah, I could little doing. kick in the pants. <laughs> like, come on, try a little harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's that's awesome though. But I I really appreciate hearing that, and, and thank you for sharing that. One of the I mm -hmm. want to go back to sort of, you know, obviously this seems to have been like a large motivating factor. But was there mm -hmm. something? Um, you know, a part of the community or a part, you know, somebody who reached out to you as well to help you through these times, especially growing up that you really struck you or, um, you know, kind of gave you that chance to, to move forward in your life. Um, you know, cause I'm sure there were, uh, you know, it takes a village to raise a child and it sounds like yeah. with your mom, she was taking you around. So you were being raised by many villages, yeah. but was yeah. there something that you really remember that really helped you move forward on that yeah um there, there, there's so many um, dimensions to this uh, as i said this um I, i'm just going to be open i don't think i'll be this open in my entire life <laughs> about so many things um because these are some of the questions i've really not um, thought about in life you know or someone mm -hmm. has asked me to respond to um my 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 father left my mom when i was seven um, so I, I grew up without, you know, um, being around the father figure kind of, you know, kind of person. Um, so most of all my, my ideologies for life was formed by the books I've read, the movies I've mm -hmm. watched, you know, mm -hmm. the people in the environment that, you know, looked at. Um, but very early on, um, and I will come back to my mom because I basically was trained and grew up with my mom, right? Mm -hmm. um, but back to her, um, um, she started this um, therapy session. So she was a lecturer in the university at the time. Mm -hmm. And then she had so many students who had um, kind of either failed out of school or just wouldn't we're just staying on and on and not graduating you know mm -hmm. to just keep staying on spend 10 years doing an undergraduate study you know those mm -hmm. kind of things and what she would do is that she would um she would set out an, an apartment in in our house because our house was quite big so she would set out an apartment for them and then she would lodge all of them in there and oh, then wow. she would take them through school um, mm -hmm. So some of them were drug addicts, um, people mm -hmm. who um, were addicted to drugs and they, they just couldn't get their mind together to finish through mm -hmm. school. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them were cultists, some of them had mm -hmm. joined cults, you know, and had lost focus of what they should be doing in school. And, you know, it was all about the, the, the violence, you know. So these were really, really hard people. Like, I, I just want to give you like a, a concept of the kind mm -hmm. of people, you know, mm -hmm. that she was bringing in. And she would put them into the apartment and she would feed them. She would help them through their schoolwork, you know, and things like that. She would, you know, 
give them supply materials to work in the studio and build, you know, whatever artwork or projects they need to do. And so I, I kind of um, related with this kind of people, you know, so some of them were very, very, um, very, very uh, hands-on, you know, mm -hmm. some of them could, could um, fix cars, you know, some of them could, uh, do all sorts of things you know some of them were were great at um, the computer right uh, mm -hmm. they had other soft skills or even hardcore skills that were not art skills that they needed mm -hmm. to use to you know, go through their academic careers but they, they they had so all those other skills were there and i was connecting with them so some of them were extraordinary chess players like so there was one person um his name is johnson or um, he stayed with us for for six years, thereabouts. Wow. Six, so he was like years. family at that point. Yeah, he became family, yes. Yeah. Um, 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 when my mom buys stuff for like clothes and shoes for us, she buys for him too, like a child mm -hmm. too, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, he had at the time spent um, 10 years and or 11 years in school for a, a four-year course. You spent, mm -hmm. spent 11 years. Yeah. And so he had to start all over again from the freshman year thing. And yeah, and he had to start all over again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, but but the, the interesting thing about um, Johnson uh, Oshoike, um is that he's doing a PhD now anyway. So, um, wow. but the interesting thing about him was that he was a key person at the forming years of my life. Mm -hmm. um he he taught me almost everything i know um, um how to be a man how to you know um how to drive you know how to how to fix the cars you know and change everything like how to you know repair the generators for electricity you know um how to play chess you know how to you know every single thing you know how to fix wire the house change the bulbs you know all sorts of things you know and so um he was really key at uh, my forming years and um he was also somebody who um would take me to go see a movie and say oh look at this look at let's go see a movie about this person's life about about mm. Einstein's life or let's go see a movie about Thomas Edison you know and give me books about the philosophy of science you know things about Galileo Galilei you know he, he would just like really make my mind and I was really young right so mm. I was like 11 12 13 thereabouts so he would really like blow my mind up you know <laughs> and and um so yeah, and so he was really core at that at that part of my life. Um, so yeah, I, I, that was before I got into university. But when I got into university, um, uh, I, I joined I joined a, a, a research lab um, called the I Labs. It was in partnership with MIT then, and mm -hmm. and it was just. Um, a great opportunity because I then had a lot of mentors, uh, Professor Kendi, you know, mm -hmm. Professor Kuku, and these are like a lot of people um, who guided me through how to, you know, write research papers, you know, guided me through how to write for grants, you know, guided me through how to, you know, go for international competitions like um, the Microsoft Imagine Corp, uh, you know, how to do real high-end things like the world robotics olympiad you know like the lfn you know and all these different 
high grade um, things. So these people, you know, walked me through all these things through that research group. So the research group was great um, at the higher institution level, um, at entry level of finding my feet and my formation. Um, Johnson was really good. Yeah. Not just really good. It's uh, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like we need to interview him and your mother and some of these professors. Like, yeah. this, is a, this is a cool story. It's just yeah. not a yeah. <laughs> wild over. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that another good question, yeah. Rob? Because yeah. I'm just like, I'm yeah. like well, my mind is blown too. Like I'm, it's well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm interested, uh, just hearing that story, Oba, um, I'm curious to know, um, what is the role, in your opinion, of mentorship for addressing the problems of poverty? Uh, because I feel mm. like, I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a prominent question, both in your part of the world and in our part of the world. And it doesn't really get, I mean, it gets discussed, but I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are, like the value of mentorship for, for people like your situation, you, you were without a, a stable father figure uh, as a child and, and just, but then you, the community came in and filled that role and it was of tremendous yeah. value. And so that mm. seems like, that seems like an important aspect to, addressing the poverty problem i i yeah. want to add to that and also say that i i think it's what i find just really poetic and beautiful about that though is that it was also your mother mentoring other people other people yeah. you know yeah. like it was just yeah. this beautiful circle of, of giving just mutual aid and helping yeah. each other yeah just all grow together which yeah. is just and that's so cool yeah um so I, in terms of mentorship, I've had, I have, uh, I, I have a, 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 I won't say it's different um, ideology about it, um, because I've gone through mentorship, and um, I, I think it's good and it's bad. Yeah, uh, and I think one of the key things that the core challenges which we're facing in Africa right now is bad mentorship or bad mentors. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's a difference between mentorship and um, taking advantage. Mm. There's a difference between mentorship and using. Yeah. Yes. So um, most of these people who I mentioned are people who really mentored me. It was a give and take. Mm. It was like, I give you my all. You help me through this X, do I give A, B, C, D, E, F. Like I can mm -hmm. basically mention what each person did in my life because mm -hmm. each person had a role to play. Um, but, but in terms of the mentorship, which we see nowadays, which most of it is copied, um, we like to say it's copied from, from you know, the Western culture, you know, um, where it's more or less like a slave drive. So where mm -hmm. I'm, I, I believe I can do um, one, two, three things. And so I find mentees who I can slave drive to achieve one, two, three things, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. In the end, the, at the end, one, the, the three different people who are doing one, two, three things may not even know why they are doing those things. They may not understand how that connects to their end goal. They may not even understand how to even use those things to, you know, advance their careers or et cetera. So um, I'm, 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 
all in support of mentorship. It's, it's very important. It helps you through, but it has to be healthy mentorship. It has to be mentorship that both people are benefiting from this. And the, benef and the benefits um, should be more on the mentee side than the mental side. Um, right. So, and, and that's what I, keep, I, I, I strongly connect with that. View Square, we hire, like, we have, we, currently View Square is 80 people in the company, and we have 60 people who are interns, right? Interns who are people who either are volunteering or people who are working full-time under the internship program. Right. And all these people, I try to make sure that whoever they put under either as their direct supervisors or, 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 or whatever projects they are doing, that they gain more from it. They gain more. So they understand how it connects to their careers. They understand how it connects to their growth. Some people come and meet us and say, I need work experience because I want to apply for grad school in the U.S. And I want work experience because it will help my SOP, my statement of purpose, to look better, right? And probably be able to get um, a, a research role there so I can get maybe half scholarship or full scholarship. They can see the end goal. So when I put, I think of projects to put you on that will help that end goal for you. On the long run, you're also helping build the product. So we also win, but you win more because when you send me your resignation letter saying, oh, I, I need to go um, because I've, I've gotten admission in a certain school to be to study master's or PhD, I'm, I'm happy because, you know, I, I've contributed to you. You've also contributed to me. So and that's in the place of mentorship uh, uh, for the poor, like, uh, uh, like you asked. Um, in another light is um, recognition, right? Um, I think that uh, in the process of mentorship, um, you the mentees should be recognized. And I've, mm. I've had that issue. I've worked with so many people um, who have, in my, my whole my, my, my career, like people just take me for, you know, just use me and just like drop me and just, you know, take whatever intellectual properties I've, I've, you know, I've put in my whole mind into developing and just go with it and run, you know, and I don't even, I can't even say I, I worked on this, right? Because I can't, right? So um, I think it's also called for when you have um, mentorship programs, you also find a way of giving um, credits to the mentees who work on the project. We have, um, a, pro uh, a product like I'm going to do some demos if you allow me uh, some of our products for you to see too. Um, so we have a product, and at the end of it, when you open every box of the product, we have all the people, both mentees, both senior engineers, and everybody who has worked on that project have the signature signed on it. So every single box that is shipped to every single customer has that. And, and just, it gives a different impression from, you know, from the people who work with us and people who are under any mentorship program which we have. So uh, these are just some of my um, takes on that. Yeah, I don't know if I answered the question. Oh, yeah, yeah. thank oh, you. Absolutely, I, I mean, I think it's really, really great to hear that, you know, like in oftentimes, like you're saying, in the business environment, it is very exploitative but to, yes. to gear your your work around 
kind of the the philosophy and the life that you've lived is is really impressive. Mm -hmm. I, I think that being intentional about that from the very beginning with an organization, whether it's a for-profit, non-profit, government, or, mm -hmm. you know, anything is, mm -hmm. is just, it's, it is a very different way of approaching um, mm. that environment. But I, I do think, I know you said you'd mentioned products and I think that that's really, it's funny because when you talk about products, I don't think like when people hear products, they're like, oh, wait, what is it? But the mi I think the microscope is what really struck yeah. me, right? The microscope mm. is just like the business case for that makes so much more sense knowing your background and knowing mm -hmm. like the the world that you grew up in versus like what 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 does it mean to to be providing like a microscope for educational purposes mm -hmm. yes um for the, the microscope was really really uh uh how will i put it um what's 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 more or less like uh a miracle for us, right? Um, well, yeah, well, the point of, 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 of really pivoting to products and um, manufacturing, and um, we didn't even know COVID-19 was going to come. So this was like a year before COVID-19. So beginning of 2019, we started this research, uh, Project Tango then, um, and um, the, the research was to increase the goal was we had just one thing so we did it we did a, a a previous research in 2018 on research output in africa from africa and we realized that africa even though it's 12.5 percent of the world population um africa only spits out one percent of world research mm. in total so that was the output from 2018 and mm -hmm. so we started Project Tango with one goal to um, build solutions that would increase the research output coming from Africa. So we, our goal was to take it to something like 10%, um, which is like, you know, uh, it's like trying to shoot for, for that's our mm -hmm. own shooting for the moon, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, we started the research, we were doing it around and someone very, very brilliant, um, young, uh, uh, he was an intern, he came up with this very interesting um, use case. He said that the key thing why um, research is at 1% is because um, African researchers can't afford um, basic research equipment oh. in their labs. Right. Like that was really, really, you know, like no brainer, like they couldn't afford it. And why can't they afford it? Um, so because most of the time um, their, their salaries are just enough to provide for their families and, you know, you know, be do the basic things. So um, so what the, what this researcher decided to do was to look at what were the um, kind of equipment that we could um, try to build that would target a wide range of people um, and would also have huge impact from both um, as low as the primary school level down to you know a high-end research um, center and the microscope was just the easiest tool and so we took that and we we started working on the microscope um, and the, the 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 case was that 
um, when we looked at the research numbers, we realized that it costs you minimum of $500 to $600 um, up until $1,000 to be able to afford a quality microscope in your lab. And so let me just give you perspective of this. Remember I said the, 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 the spending, the, the spending um, capability was $1, right? Now, so imagine um, the average spending like two years salary, now imagine maybe. someone having access to $500. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, yes. So, so yeah. So, so the thing is, this is that. Um, so, what we needed to do was we wanted to make a microscope that costs, you know, seventy percent less of that. You know, so make it under fifty dollars, so that you can have access to a high-end microscope that costs less than fifty dollars. And right. yeah, and like like it was going to be so much work. So we spent one year um, developing um, the microscope and then we finally came up with the microscope uh, in 2020. Um, and we launched it. Uh, let me just show you so you're excited. So this is it. I happen oh, cool. to have one here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it's this small, right? Uh -huh. So we make the microscope pretty small and it comes in the box this yeah. way. So yeah. for the people listening who won't be seeing this, yeah. the box that you're holding yeah. is about the size of a box that you would get like from a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, like it it, it fits in Oba's hand almost. Yeah. So we 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 spent so much research to get the manuals right. So um, you can see this is um, a beginner's research guide. Blah 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 blah. I don't know if you can see that clearly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're yeah. holding up and a pamphlet. When you, yeah, and when you have that, you have it well documented, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and steps on how how it works, um, what kind of um, softwares you can use it with, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, and so many you know sample experiments and things like that. And then um, this is the microscope, so you can see how so. I always happen to have one. So, uh, yeah, and this is it. It's wow. pretty small. Yes, it's... It, it, see, it almost see. looks... <laughs> yeah, it almost, for, for the people yeah. who can't see, it almost looks like just a small desk lamp, like a tiny, like yeah. almost the kind of lamp that you clip to a book. It's got like a bendable yeah. neck attached to like yeah. a, a small box. Yeah, and, and, and it comes that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and and this microscope does what the two thousand dollars microscope does. Wow, same result, and it costs forty five dollars. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. That's so <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it, it comes, you know, has its, its power, and it's powered. It's powered by five volts. So what it means is that you can plug your phone to it. And it and it comes on like you can power wow. your mobile phone. Let, let me just show you quickly. Uh, I know, I know. Yeah, you. We don't have so much time for this, but it's really cool, and I need to really show you. So you uh, get. I'm glad so that I'm just was gonna, the product you were yeah. planning on showing us, anyways. It looked like, but I remember yeah. <laughs> seeing it on Facebook, and I was like, "That's so cool, Oba. Yeah, like, that's awesome." So I'm gonna be powering it with my mobile phone, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to power in my mobile phone. So this is it here, and and uh, this is a microscope. 
this is the, the power cord, right? And and that's that. So I'm going to just be plugging yeah. this in, so that you see how low energy it is. Yeah. Uh, and I plug that. And voila. So it's, so for the viewers, it's on. His, yes, his yeah. his uh his microscope just turned on and all he did was plug his mobile phone into it using just yeah. a standard USB connection. Yeah. And, and it's, it's on, right? So we have people who can go on the field and get like results. You can also do like, like it connects to your mobile phone. So this is the signal cable here. So you can see the samples that you see from the lens here. So the, the, the physics is this. So this is the light. Right, so the light goes through the sample to the lens. So the lens is, so that's the lens. Uh, I don't uh -huh. know if you can see it clearly. Yeah. So that's the lens, right? And then that takes in all the samples and does the, the analog digital conversion, like image processing, and then displays it on your mobile phone or wow. on the computer. And, and, and this is remarkable. We have this in 22 universities across Africa right now. Um, we have over 11,000 students using this right now, wow. right? So people wake up every day, go to the lab, and they see a Volt microscope in their labs. More students can have access to, you know, lab equipment and be able to do lab research with it, right? Wow. Um, yeah, and, 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 yeah, we thought that was remarkable. And then someone came up and said, Oh, we need we need people. People researchers need to be able to have exploratory um, science, right? So um, it's one thing to have access to the equipment. It's another thing to uh, yeah, okay. It's one thing to have access to the equipment. It's another thing to actually um, be able to observe certain things with it and be able to use it to learn, right? So we set up another plant to um, manufacture um, slides. So these are samples, they're permanent samples. So uh, I I'll give an example. Um, so for instance, you have a plant cell. You've probably never seen a plant. The student has probably never seen a plant cell, right? So they can take this cell right now, put it over the microscope, and then they get to see the sample. I can actually do a demo for you right now. So you see the sample. So yes. I'm going to adjust the light so the light stays in the center, right? Like that. And now you can see the plant cells. So these are the cell walls um, yeah. that are, are present in there. Can you see my cursor? Yeah. yeah. Can you see my mouse? Yes. So now these yeah. are the plant cells. This is the plant wall here. So this is a yeah. cell. This is a nucleus. And then I can adjust it till I get it to be either blurry and I can do this manually or I can do it till it's really, really, you know, kind of clear. And that's and the zoom feature, around. correct? <laughs> yes. And I can take like, you know, take a picture of it and immediately, you know, move it to my Microsoft Word or you know, put it on a slide or, you know, things like that. Yeah, let me show you something really, really, really. Uh, I'm having flashbacks. So I'm going to create bio. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> so, like, this is something really interesting. So, this is called a dicot root. Um, and 
you can actually see, be able to see all oh, the difference between the monocotyledon and the dicotyledon and be able to understand all that. So it's very useful in agricultural science um, when you're trying to understand um, the, um, the plantae family, you know, there's something called families, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, so you have the kingdom family and then you have the um, plantains and things like that. Uh, it's it's quite interesting uh, because uh, let's see let's do one last one before we we end this. So this is Spirogyra, so you can easily see the. Uh, so I will adjust this to get it really clear. Uh, one sec. So for our listeners, Oba is uh, putting different slides. Uh, different samples into the microscope, the microscope that they uh, fabricated, and he's and he's screenshotting or sharing his uh, desktop uh, with us because the microscope is able to plug directly into devices, be it a cell phone or a laptop, for viewing, which I guess you said allows for them to view things in the field very easily. Yes. And, yes. and this looks exactly like 10th grade science yes. right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. The, the like moving it too far, trying to figure out where to point it and yeah. focusing. Yeah. It's, it's got all the microscope yeah. features. Yeah. <laughs> and and you can see the, um, so they can easily see the ring-like effect of the spirogeria. And, mm -hmm. and that can just um, spark up uh, that. So I would just, and then the great thing is you can also like make a video of it. So I can make a video and share a video of whatever it is. It always has a like it has a inbuilt mic in it, so I can like even record my my voice um, while I'm teaching on a particular subject. Wow. That's why that. That's so cool. That's so cool, Oba. <laughs> so, Oba, you said something about this was a miracle because of uh, COVID nineteen as well. Is it being utilized in research with COVID nineteen, or is it? Was it uh, helpful at all during the pandemic for the research community? Um, so um, initially we started um, with education. Uh, so the real target audience was education first. Um, but after we, we reached out to a couple of people um, to test it, um, some hospitals reached out to us um, to actually see how they could pilot this for um, um, like point of uh, point of care um, diagnostics as a diagnostic tool, so yeah. do things like blood count, do malaria diagnosis, do typhoid diagnosis from saliva, you know, um, do blood group, kind of things like that. Um, uh, and yeah, even look at the red blood cell to know if it is um, um, anemic, or like if it's a sickle cell um, kind of shape. Mm -hmm, so yeah. really interesting things um, people are, are, are using with this. So yeah, we are working with, a, uh, we're trying to uh, kickstart a project. Um, it's going to be massive. Uh, and the, the goal of that project is um, to put the vote microscope in 50 um, primary healthcare centers across Africa. Um, to do point of care diagnostics. Um, it's, it's going to really be good because um, 
one of the key challenges that Africa faced during the COVID-19 was being able to diagnose the symptoms of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because um, just knowing I don't have malaria, because COVID-19 symptoms are just like malaria, right? right? So, so like, be sure that it is not malaria. It is, this is something else. But what we had most people doing was because they were feeling like they had malaria, so they would self-medicate and just immediately oh. start treating themselves for malaria, right? Mm. And, and when you treat yourself for malaria, when you don't have malaria, you weaken your red blood cells and you now wow. need time. <laughs> yeah, you, oh, <laughs> you now need time to rebuild those cells back. And mm. if you just keep treating it and treating it, you may not be anemic, and then sometimes people now need blood transfusion, or sometimes even they die. So, yeah. um, so now the challenge was not really COVID nineteen, but just mm -hmm. being able to, you know, just diagnose uh, yeah. basic symptoms and differentiate that. So, yeah, differential um, diagnosis. Yes, differential diagnosis. So, um, so, so, and 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 that's one of the key things which we're trying to to do. Um, we also have to get licenses to put this in um, primary health care centers. Wow. Yes. So, um, yeah. That's so so cool. that's one of the limitations. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> We're just talking to someone who's like just saving lives. Yeah. And, and changing, changing the ass, world. Changing the world, you know, and like, oh, hey, you got time on a Saturday? Yeah. I, I feel good that I can was the first part of our two-part interview with Oba. Yeah, stoked. Every time I listen to it, I'm just like, I get a huge smile on my face. It's, yeah. It's so inspiring. <laughs> Super inspiring. Um, and we definitely hope that uh, you guys enjoyed it and are also inspired. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for and listen to our second part of this interview. And spoiler alert, there are more products and services that we get to hear from Oba on the, that second one that are just as, you know, mind-bendingly awesome. Yeah, that are changing the world. That are changing the world. It's really, it's it's so cool. I, I'm honored to know someone as cool as Oba. Like, even, I, I, okay. God, I always get to that point. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, he's so cool that I just can't stop talking about I it. I can't stand Oba <laughs> enough. <laughs> It's so true. Well, oh, but we love you. Yeah, you're, you're, oh, we you're do amazing. Love you. Yeah, you're amazing. So if um, and, and by the way, listeners, if if you have any questions, comments, uh, if you know anyone else who who's really changing the world out there, or you know, being a a, a great leftist of all stripes, please send us an email at yeah. people's house four number. That's the number four, uh, united left at gmail .com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so thank you again for listening and we look forward to uh, seeing you in the next episode. Yep. What was in my head?